This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and Shakira podcast, episode number 79 for Sunday, February 19th, 2023. Being a champion is about defending those who can't defend themselves. Everyone, thanks for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. It's difficult when you're concentrating on people's faces, you forget who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you do the Masters Cast intro and watched you do it. And I was like, oh, that's how he looks when he's doing the intro. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it really distracted me. <laughs> I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratosmecca. And I'm Josh the Lion Court, also known as Lion Court. So we are doing an experiment. We are recording the podcast for the first time uh, in video. Even though we have recorded the podcast several times on Zoom, we never turn on our cameras. So we have turned on our cameras, and we're going to post this up on our YouTube channel, which we have for kind of fun. Um, so if you want to check out the video version of this, uh, as long as it recorded properly uh, and all goes well, it will be posted probably on Monday. Um, and our channel is youtube.com slash at masterscast. Uh, so we'd appreciate it if you go check out the channel and give it a subscribe there. But we will continue doing the audio podcast so it'll get delivered to you just as it normally does uh, through your favorite podcast app if you've subscribed uh, via Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that sort of thing. Um, and for anyone new that might be checking us out on YouTube, uh, we started the podcast way back in 2005, and we were super consistent for many, many years. And then it just became, you know, a labor of love, and we record the podcast here and there. It's still alive. Um, who knows how many episodes we'll have this year? Uh, it's always a mystery, uh, but we'll we'll try to be a little bit more consistent. But we'd like to wait until there is something to talk about. And this particular time, our main topic is going to be the new Masters of the Universe comic book series that is out right now from Dark Horse Comics. It just literally came out last week, um, and it is called Masters of the Universe Masterverse, uh, and it is written by a kind of a popular writer for a lot of the He-Man comic book stuff these days, um, Tim Seeley. So I thought first we would do... Um, non-spoiler thoughts like so your overall thoughts uh spoiler free and then we'll alert everyone when we actually go into the spoilers of the story and, and that sort of thing so if you need to pause and wait until you read the actual comic um i would suggest going to your local comic book shop uh, to find the comic in person if you can support your local comic book shops or you could be lazy like i am and i buy all my comics digitally on comiXology on Amazon. You monster. Uh, but I know. <laughs> That's what I did too. I know. So it's so easy for them to be delivered to my iPad. And just the, you know, the it's interesting. I say it's lovely quality, but you also kind of see, um, I feel like we were really spoiled when the MV Creations comic book series was out with like, you know, Emiliano, like probably taking way more time on like each panel than he should. I feel like a mm -hmm. lot of comic books I read today on uh, Comixology, they do this um, 
kind of panel by panel view where you can go instead of just looking at the full page. And when it zooms in on some of the art, it I don't know if it looks to me like it's like a pencil that's been darkened and then a lot of times it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an odd quality. Like I feel like it was not necessarily rushed, but it wasn't like a something that was spent uh, a long time on. Like if I would compare it to Leanne's recent work on Power Rangers, there's like a vast difference between like your Power Ranger images, you know, than what I would see in like a Power Ranger comic book. But I guess that, you know, they have to put yeah. those out quicker. So. Yeah. So it's but, well, also but. the style is totally different. Like mm-hmm. the coloring style and all that, that it took forever, but, right. but hopefully might it looks good. Be, so might just be the budget, right? Dark Knight versus yep. 60s Batman. I mean, something. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of the 60s t- Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of times um, it is dark and pencil, and that mm-hmm. that can be a budget thing. Like you don't want to pay an inker. So mm-hmm. I mean a lot of a lot of artists nowadays, pencilers will actually ink their own stuff. Um, I do, I ink my own stuff, but um, but sometimes if you want to save money, you know, you just darken have really tight pencils and just darken it. And I think a so lot of people probably are you just do doing that. that all in like um Photoshop or Illustrator mm-hmm. and are you color- or, um, and you're coloring yeah. everything digitally, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's all digital. It just it's just easier, you know. Mm-hmm. Than having to scan pages and I actually just got rid of my scanner. I had like a what? big 11 by 17 scanner and I just got rid of it because I don't use it enough, you know? So yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, since Leanne's yeah. worked in comic books and is an artist, why don't you start off? What's your general opinion of the start of Masterverse issue number one? So I actually I wasn't sure how this how I was going to like this, you know, this type of story. I didn't know really what what to expect. But I actually really liked it because it's kind of like, it's like you're opening up the multiverse of masters. So you can take from any type of lore you want um, and create stories. It's like an Elseworlds, you know, DC's Elseworlds comics, um, which I loved back in the day. But I like that you can kind of pick and choose and revisit, you know, your, you know, what if people like the CGI show, you can visit that world or the mini comics or, you know, things like that. Um, so it opens up a lot of possibilities, which I think is really cool. Um, and I, I thought the story, I like the kind of the, the bookended story with the sorceress and Zodak. Um, that's kind of, you know, that'll frame everything. So I think that was good from a storytelling standpoint. Really loved the first story, which I don't know how much we want to like spoil it. Um, and also the guided view that you were talking about, John, um, mm-hmm. in Comixology, that actually, that's what I did. I used the guided view as I was reading, and I thought that lent itself really well to what happens in that first story because I wasn't expecting where it was going. And so if I was reading an yes. actual comic, I might see it on the page, right? The next page or yes. whatever. So I thought that was really cool. Um, That's what I love about that type of view on Comixology's app, because mm-hmm. you don't get spoiled like you do on a regular comic book. Because like you said, when you turn that page, you immediately, I know exactly what you're talking about. You would have mm-hmm. seen what was going to happen before you kind of read what was going to happen. And I definitely preferred 
being surprised because yeah. when he says something slightly different mm-hmm. is what I assume you're talking about. Yes. I, it just wouldn't have been as much of an impact if I had seen the whole page. Right. For sure. So, yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk specifics yet, but well, we're just an overall just tell view. Me, like, yeah. Overall, like, um, um, would you give like thumbs up on the first story thumbs down in the middle okay, on the so second story def- definitely give a thumbs up um to like the bookend story and the first story and then like a thumb like that sideways thumb <laughs> um for the second story only because i know that there were uh the type of audience they were targeting it towards was like a mad magazine type uh because the artist oh, okay. uh sergio is super legendary for you know, Mad Magazine and his uh, Gru work. So that's what they were going for. That's the type of audience they were going for, which isn't necessarily my cup of tea, but it's still kind of cool to see that sort of thing. And there were elements that I really did enjoy about that story. So that's my impressions. But but I do like how it kind of opens the world up. You know, all these different incarnations we've had of He-Man, you know, we can revisit them. We can do, you know, see new little eras, maybe. Um, it's very cool. Martin? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, if I may digress from this comic for a moment, <laughs> just to uh, to reference, did anyone read the previous um, sort of multiverse type He-Man, Masters of the Multiverse, I think it was called? Um, that was like the that, DC one that came out about two years ago or so. Half and half. I think I started it and I yeah. actually still have to finish it. I I really enjoyed that. I think that's the best He-Man comic that DC put out. Um, and they had like uh, they had like a New Adventures issue. They had a um, 2002 issue. They had a Filmation one. Um, and I thought that was a great concept. And it's very similar to what they've done here. Um, and that one was like the different versions of He-Man traveling through the universe. And he had like the the mobile game He-Man was like a sidekick to Dolph Lundgren He-Man. <laughs> um, that was really interesting. So I saw this one and I was like, oh, it's maybe it's like a follow-up to that almost. Um, and I don't think it is, but it's in a similar vein. And I do really like that concept because there's so many different versions of He-Man. Um and I went into this thinking, is it just going to be like the same thing? Are they just going to give us like the mini comic He-Man one issue and then the new adventures, the next issue or something? But it seems as though they've chosen very different um, incarnations for this. They're not just repeating the same stuff they did in that. So I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, I, I was disappointed that the first issue ended because i was like oh this one's good this is an interesting twist and then the second one started and i was like oh okay um and i i thought like that was going to be like the the comedy strip at the back of a comic do you know like when you (laughs) when you get your way through like the serious bit like they used to do like random little um panels in the back of the star wars comics and there was like a there was a comedy one with like 
Palpatine and like a baby Darth Maul. And I thought this was going to be like a fun little back of the comic strip. And I was like, oh, it's an entire story. This is the second one. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that to be like a whole story. Um, but I did enjoy it. And before we recorded, Katie sent a quote from from Skeletor <laughs> within the comic in which he told um, someone to go suck a fart, Titania. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> in, in yeah, context, that worried me. <laughs> yeah. In context, I thought, actually, this one was pretty funny and I did end up enjoying it. I, it went in a very unexpected direction. <laughs> um, I liked them both, yeah, but I thought the, the first one was the stronger one um, and I look forward to whatever else they've uh, they've got planned. Katie? Um, yeah, so my first read through that line just took me out of it completely. I was just like, wait, what? Why, Why is there like six-year-old humor in this He-Man comic that adults are reading? I don't understand why they threw that in there. Um, but as I kept reading, I kept laughing and tears were like running down my face by the end of it so i'm like okay clearly i just that line just stuck in my head a little too much but in the end it was fine and then when i did my second reread it didn't bother me at all and i enjoyed the whole thing um i don't remember which comic it was but remember years ago there was an issue of one comic where i think orco did something crazy and every page or every couple pages was a different art style and I remember one of the art styles being like this chibi, like adorable, cutesy thing and just freaking out because I loved it so much. So this kind of reminded me, not that this was cutesy art style at all, but it just reminded me of the fun that I had with that comic, excuse me, all those years ago, because I'm not a big comic reader in general. Um, Most of the He-Man comics especially have been just way too dark for me. That's just not my not my thing but i enjoyed that especially this first issue they gave us both like i can take some dark if they also balance it with some humor and some light which they did a great job of doing so i kind of hope they keep that up um if they want to throw in some adorable chibi cutesy stuff in the future i would be down for that obviously but i'll enjoy it i think no matter what because it's kind of a breath of fresh air and with the all the different iterations of he-man like i think leanne mentioned there's just so many possibilities they have such a a large just like well of of stuff to draw from so i think they can have a lot of fun with this and probably have had a lot of fun with it and i really hope it does well because i think isn't it just like four issues that are coming currently i think think so um, so I, yeah, I hope it, if, if it continues like this first issue, I hope that people really dig it so they can do more. Cause I think this would actually be a series I would, I would read and enjoy. Josh. So, uh, let's see where to begin. I mostly enjoyed, uh, this comic. I don't have a lot to compare it to. I know Martin was asking who read the, the multiverse one from DC, Unless, uh, basically, unless John <laughs> reads them to me, I don't get to read most of the comics. And we do uh, make some time to do that for certain ones, like this one. And uh, I can't, obviously, comment on the art style or anything like that, so I'm focused really on the the story and the concept. And in that regard, I love this concept. 
and the story was strong so likely and i love the setup with the the book ended sections with the sorceress and zodak absolutely fantastic uh way to to do this type of story uh the first story of the two that are in here where they're looking at the 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 different worlds uh and variations of masters uh was very very good really enjoyed it the second one i enjoyed like the first four-fifths of and it was really the end that killed it entirely uh for me i hated the ending and i will can get more into that when we do the spoilers but uh really disliked um the ending the rest of that second one story-wise i think was fine i totally get where they were what they were going with i think for this issue as a whole because the first story is kind of the dark uh, a little bit more serious masters type story and the second one is the more goofy story it just took the goofiness too far at the end it, it would i would say it was really even just at the end like the rest of it felt like it could have been you know a comic or a cartoon you know produced in the 80s or whatever they draw uh, a lot from earlier material that we can talk about more in the spoilery section um and things like that which was all great um they just jumped the shark at the at the very tail uh at the very tail end so um but overall really like this i'm really excited to see what the rest of the issues i think the only thing that I really kind of wonder it's it's interesting the choice that they made and really wonder why or if any thought was put into it at all is it kind of felt like one of the two main stories we got here should have been from a more recognizable uh, incarnation of Masters of the Universe than uh, both of these were basically amalgamations, right, of things that have come before, but nothing uh, super recognizable in and of itself uh, like for example the first one uh you know draws from like the classics toy line the second one draws from and i guess the classics toy line a little bit of more like the uh you know maybe the mike young show or something like that the second one uh definitely um you know drew from like the very very early mini comics and the uh early dc full-size comics from 1983 i think the the full-size ones the miniseries they had back then uh, definitely drew from both of those but neither one recognize recognizable as a specific incarnation and i feel like for an issue one they might have been better served as of making one of the two stories something that uh pulled on the nostalgia a little bit more in terms of uh being recognizable to a fan coming in and then let the other one be uh a little bit out of left field i think that would have made uh more sense uh overall but um and i definitely would have preferred that over the very bizarre ending that they gave the second second story so but overall uh, this is one of the best Masters comics that uh, I can remember reading, and uh, story-wise, 
and I'm really excited to see what, what the future issues hold. Basically the same as all of you then for me. I love the concept of it. I like how there's, I'm assuming, going to be two uh, con, you know, condensed mini-stories within each episode or each uh, issue. And I like the concept of how they're displaying it via Zodak's reasoning with the sorceress. Um, it's obvious they're going off of the revelations kind of plot areas. I feel like this is like a prequel in a way because the first episode of Revelation, He-Man, Skeletor, everyone's established. Whereas at the beginning of this, Zodak is, I don't think this is a big of a spoiler. He's coming in because He-Man does not seem to be as established yet. So I feel like this is kind of something that must have happened even before the filmation series if Revelation is a um, spiritual or whatever Kevin Smith said, sequel of, of filmation. Um, but I like the concept. I like the way they use Zodak here. Um, he was, no, he still had some edge, but he seemed to have more purpose here than he did in the Mike Young cartoon, which is really the only other form of media. I feel that he really was used a lot. Um, I remember thinking back in the Mike Young days that sometimes the episode should have maybe be, have been called Zodak and the Masters of the Universe instead of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So I I like how he's being used here. Um, the first story I really enjoyed. The artwork for me looked like an updated filmation, more of like, because they seem to have like Evelyn looked like she had her filmation-y kind of outfit on. Um, but it wasn't drawn necessarily in the style of filmation, but kind of an homage uh, to the filmation looks. The uh, second story, however, I I don't even know if I cared for the bulk of it. I the art was very distracting for me, and I I have a problem with comic books when I don't like the artwork. And uh, a good example, if anybody has attempted to read DC's current uh, Robin comic book for Tim Drake, <laughs> yeah, the. I I am not I don't want to knock an artist, but that comic book is so far removed from a style that I personally enjoy that the artwork is legitimately too distracting for me to even care to read the story. And I gave it a few like, you know, I gave it a few issues and I unsubscribed uh, from from the series. I didn't necessarily mind the story, but the artwork was just too distracting. Um, so that's kind of how I felt on the second one. It the artwork was more distracting than the humorous story. Um, I guess I didn't mind humorizing the homage to the old mini comics. I also like Josh, however, really thought the I didn't like the ending. I feel like if there was a better punchline at the end, given it was a humorous take. Um, I would have had a more favorable opinion on it. Just been like, oh, okay, they're doing kind of like a comedy skit skit on this. But I, I didn't, I, I didn't really understand the end. Um, if anything, they should have referenced a Mattel product. Uh, that that Mattel had. I don't remember when it came out, but like you know, late '80s, they had a competitor product of kind of the generic thing that's at the end um so early, i thought early maybe, 80s but yes yeah I had yeah the same if thought. they would have used 
Yeah, if they would have used that, it would have made a bit more sense to me. Um, so yeah, it's more so the ending mixed with the 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 artwork. And again, no offense if that you know if you love that style, um, it's just too it's too distracting uh, for me. So I'll be interested to see how many times do they um, do they switch you know the the art style, and who was who was the artist on the first one? um kelly jones uh kelly jones yeah yep am i correct is was kelly jones the one that did like nightfall and yes he did he did all the covers for the yep for the for the nightfall and here yeah Mm -hmm. but here's how how someone can improve so i was huge into comics right in the 90s like probably a lot of us were when they kind of had their big you know, resurgence and like i had every issue of nightfall night quest night whatever but I hated, hated that Kelly Jones artwork so much. I was so pleasantly surprised. I really dug the artwork in the in you know in 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 that first story that that Kelly Jones did. So it just goes to show that it's it's not that the artist isn't talented. I'm definitely not trying to say that. It's just the style they choose to use is just not favorable to me. But you know, I'm I'm sure I could look maybe at something else Sergio has done and be like, oh, I love this. It's just that particular style he's using. I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Did it kind of feel like these two stories could have been mini comics that were packaged in the Masterverse toys? Because <laughs> it kind of does to me. Like maybe there, at some point down the line, there was a concept to put the put mini comics in the Masterverse toys, like they did with Origins and. They opted not to do that, and now we're getting those whatever it was they were working on packaged this way. That's an interesting concept. Given the storyline also has, and they have that new Eternia line where they are redesigning Mm -hmm. even uh, the characters. So, yeah, that is kind of interesting that they did not choose to do any type of mini comic for the Masterverse line. You could be on something. (laughs) Well, I guess we can go into spoiler territory now. Um, So if you have not read the comic, that's your fair warning. We are going to talk about the actual stories. Both of them in Masterverse number one, uh, which is the first one is Curse of Castle Grayskull. And the second one was called He-Man the Lost. Uh, So I guess we should talk about Curse of Castle Grayskull first um but the setup is zodak comes to castle grayskull to meet with the sorceress because he's not sure if adam should have the power of grayskull and be he-man so the sorceress opens up all of these cool little like portal doors um inside grayskull to show zodak different multiverses of adam becoming he-man to show that you know he's worthy of the power in all of these other multiverse universes so in this current which i will call the like the revelation universe he is worthy to have the 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 power of castle grayskull and i for me personally the the thing i loved the most in the first story was what leanne and i were talking about earlier in reading it on comiXology so that you kind of go scene by scene instead of page by page because Adam 
says by the horror of Grayskull, and you're like, what? <laughs> like that was a complete unexpected turn for me. And then he turns into Castle Grayskull Man, which I think is way more creative than like I if I had to guess, I probably would have guessed he would have turned into like a like a zombie he-man or maybe anti-eternia he-man like like one of those type of more like gruesome looking uh, uh things um but instead he is castle grayskull man so i thought that was a very unique way to uh, kind of bring that character in you know when i was first reading that panel where he says by the horror of grayskull i think my brain just saw the h and just filled in honor so I didn't even notice that's what he said until he said, let the uh, horror return. I'm like, did he just say horror? So I had to like back up and see that that's what he originally said. And I was just like, oh, okay, got it now. <laughs> and I had to like message Daniel Benedict. I'm like, have you seen this? Did you know that Castle Grayskull Man is in this comic? He's like, at first he's like, oh yeah, I saw he was on the cover. Like, I hope mm-hmm. he gets a few, I hope he's in a panel or two. And I'm like, dude, he's in several panels. He's very important <laughs> in this story. He was like, wait, what? So and I was like, do you know Tim Seeley? Because I feel like he's channeling you here because he's such a horror <laughs> film nut uh, or just uh-huh. horror nut in general and came up with the idea of Castle Grayskull, man. And he was like, well, yeah, I met him, you know, at the screening for one of his movies. Um, so they're not like close buddies or anything, but I think, yeah, he was going to reach out and say dude that was cool but i was i was just very like whoa this is really this is really awesome and out there and not what i would have expected at all and then like i didn't quite understand the twist at the end of that one where the castle was feeding on a soul oh the souls yeah 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 it's like every time he changes into castle grayskull man like it it seems to what negatively feed castle grayskull like as if that's a bad yeah. thing I, that's the yeah, one i like, took from it yeah it's like um because i wondered i was like why isn't he transforming like there's a reason why he doesn't want to transform and i was like you know is this just adam trying to prove himself that he can do this without the power or something um so i thought that was a really good twist that you know he's like oh all right i have to do it and he turns into castle grayskull man which i thought was great also the the artwork for the panel where he's holding up the sword was really well done. It was just, it was really great. I mean, Kelly Jones's art style works so well for this story because he has such a like horror gothic type style to his, to his art with lots of shadows and things like that. It reminded me of, it gave me like hammer horror vibes. Mm -hmm. It's like that crossed with He-Man. It was just, you know, really, really nice. Um, yeah, I thought that was a great a great twist to the whole thing. And then you got to see like Web Store and um you know Scareglow, uh Batros was in it. Yeah. Like, you know, just really cool to see these characters pop up, these these kind of horror-based, you know, themed He-Man characters. It's really, really cool. And with all the darkness going on, you've got Orko singing the Horn of Evil song. <laughs> I was losing it. <laughs> that was the best surprise i think yeah. in that that they actually because you know a lot of times the mattel products tend to shy away from the filmation stuff most likely because of rights issues um so the fact that they were able to include the whole because you know I, we love that episode that's one of my favorite episodes yeah. and i used to rent it all the time from the local 
you know, video rental shop, you know, before streaming, um, my parents would rent me that videotape frequently uh, with that episode on it. So it's always one of my favorites from childhood. So I've always had that song memorized. And we got the proper lyrics because all of the proper lyrics yes. are. I noticed that too. There. I was like, oh, that's what it said all these years. Okay. Yeah, right. Like, I feel like there was a part where I was like, I maybe never really understood what they said and I kind of just made it up. And then when I read it in the comic, I was like, oh, that makes sense. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And that song stuck in my head the rest of the day. It was great. As it should be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really loved this uh, story. I, I always uh, lean toward the darker uh, side of Masters, the more serious side of Masters, and this this definitely had um, elements of that. I love the you know Batros being uh, super, uh, you know, leaning into the vampire uh, thing with him. And, um, yeah, it was, this, this story was really, really well done. I, I also, yeah, you guys were talking about the, the Castle Grayskull Mad. That was a figure from the Classics line originally that loved the mm -hmm. idea, thought the figure looked cool, and never really was satisfied with any sort of rationale of why this character exists. And this... To me, this is now going to be, you know, my personal headcanon, as they say, mm -hmm. on the incomparable uh, for for Castle Grayskull Mad, because him him being this kind of alternate uh, alternate He Man, for lack of any any other way, alternate hero for Adam to transform into uh, in this particular universe um, is also a lot of fun, and I I love that they went that way with it. Well, it's nice that it's a, and it's also a, a, like a bold creative decision, right? Like, I feel like the easier way to use Castle Grayskull Man is kind of like in, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, one of the last Harry Potter movies when, doesn't McGonagall, like she makes the castle has to help, uh, Hogwarts has to help defend itself, right? So to me, that's what Castle Grayskull Man is like, right? Like he comes out of the castle wall and he's defending uh, defending the castle. And that's cool for like a regular canon, right? But what I like about this concept of the masterverse is that they're actually taking risks with the story. So it's like, obviously you're not, you know, you're not going to have a a new cartoon series where He-Man, or excuse me, Prince Adam changes into Castle Grayskull Man on a regular basis, right? But with these type of stories, you can take that risk. You can take that challenge, if you will. How can I take uh, something existing and just have fun with it? So that's what I really uh, appreciated about uh, the first story as well. Like taking something that's kind of a newer character too. Like you said, that was a, the new create a character contest that Daniel Benedict won. And I never even thought of the connection that, you know, Daniel Benedict directs and creates horror films. So mm -hmm. I really feel that there's not, that's too much of a coincidence uh, for, I think that's awesome than the way that Tim Seeley wrote that, because even if it was like, uh, what he wasn't conscious of what he's doing, it was probably in the back of his head. So that's that's really cool for Daniel Benedict because he's a great guy. So I think that's 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 pretty good. Also, shout out to was it Procrustus? 
that showed up yes. the the at the very beginning the statue that was great who was like nice easter where was he established yeah. before was that from like old mini comics or or what i think he's yeah he's a mini comic yeah, like so, yeah. Yeah. For the mini comics they also made a toy of him in the classics line mm-hmm. okay and they mentioned a moon like phantos i think Oh, yeah, they do mention Phantos as well, don't they? Yeah, lots of Easter eggs in this one. Yeah. Yeah, like, very good. A lot, of, um, a lot of lore to it in the first couple of pages, even before the story starts, which I think made it. Because I was trying to figure out which universe this was when I first started reading, and I thought, oh, is this going to be like a 2002? Because uh, they mentioned the Dark Hemisphere and yes. some sort of warlord and i was like oh that's like that's that the spell of separation stuff and then it turned into something totally different so um the the unexpected i think is what we had in this like it was stuff that we had never seen before and universes that we had never seen before which um i was just expecting pre-existing um stuff which wasn't the case so it, it was exciting and as as you say like when you turn the page and suddenly it's always oh, castle grayskull man it's like it's a genuine surprise rather mm-hmm. than just it being your standard he-man or like filmation he-man or something like that well i like to you you brought up um i totally forgot about this which is odd given i'm a huge hordak fan but you know like you said that's a complete 2002 mike young reference you know uh, a warlord i mean the, i remember i can picture the scene you know vividly where the the sorceress is like warlord, Hordak, spell of separation, dark and light hemispheres, beautifully animated. I, and and Hordak, I think, was kind of in the shadows, so you didn't really see what he looked like yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Hordak was going to be in this story. So it was actually, uh, e- even though I prefer, like, Hordak's my favorite villain, right? But I still prefer the way they did it with the Castle Grayskull Man shot, because I feel like Hordak horror you know his villains lend very much to like a horror backdrop so the fact that tim seeley also did not go in that direction was a nice curveball uh because i think it would have been easier uh to do a hordak situation there i was also going to mention just going back to like the um the introductory stuff with sorceress and zodak this is our first look at revelation zodak um, due uh, to be played by William Shatner, I think, in in yeah. the new series. In Revolution. Um, yes. Uh, did anyone else read all his lines in William Shatner's voice in, in the head like I did? <laughs> no, <or? laughs> I I'll have to reread it with that in mind. Sure. Sorceress, I've traveled a thousand light years on a chair. <laughs> like, I, was, uh, I kept doing that in my head as I was reading the lines. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> see what it was like. <laughs> Fantastic reference, though, with his chair. I mean, I also appreciated that. Like, um, like, you know, Tim Seeley has been writing for He-Man for quite some time. So, you know, that's that's I don't expect any less, I guess. I'm just pleasantly surprised with the directions he's been taking because it's not the it's just not a stereotypical one to take. Um, Which is why I feel in the second story, if we may now jump to that, that at the very least, what I was talking about earlier was they should have used the Mattel in television uh, console at the end. You know, mm-hmm. He-Man and Skeletor bond over a Nintendo-looking system. Which actually and, had right? a Masters of the Universe cartridge 
for it as well back in the right. day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, that would have been a nicer tie-in, I think. Um, I don't know. I might have even liked it better if it just straight up said, like, Nintendo and looked like a Nintendo since so many of us growing up in the 80s with He-Man and She-Ra probably also owned Nintendos and, and were playing that. So I, maybe they just didn't want to give it free advertising or anything, but they could have <laughs> made it look like a Nintendo. I don't know. I didn't like the ending. That's what really th- threw me off. Uh, you know that Skeletor, the they just yeah, it's just like oh, you have a Nintendo. Let's go play Duck Hunt or something. Like I just, <laughs> I need Doritos. Yeah, <laughs> oh, those are for yeah, I, yeah. yeah, when I was um, when I was reading it to Josh, I was like, well, they're like these like bags of maybe like I don't know. I'm just gonna call them Doritos. They don't really look like Doritos, but like in the '80s, I would have been eating bag of Doritos. Yes. <laughs> All the different ways Cringer kept picturing Adam. <laughs> he wanted to eat that him. was the best for me. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. it? Because it always it had was... his hair. It always had. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was like, and then, and, but then at the end, like there was what, bacon, a hamburger, and it had little <laughs> Prince Adam hair or He-Man yes. hair. Yeah. Um, and the only reason that Cringer was there was to eat Adam. Like, you know, that's yeah. the only reason he was tagging along or well, whatever. Okay. Hang but, on, but at the very end. He turns it, 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 you know, because he gave him the Doritos or whatever. So he he is thinking a little heart, like you know, he's so he's you uh-huh. know he's satisfied. I thought that was so cute <laughs> with hair. Yeah, too funny. Yeah, this this goes it reminds me a comment I wanted to make. You know, John was describing the the setup for this, right? And it's like, oh no, Adam in all of these universes is the right choice or whatever to be human. And yet in this one, they kind of wreck that concept a little bit because he's not Adam <laughs> in no. any way, shape or form. His name is not Adam. He doesn't really transform at any point. It's just He-Man, <laughs> right? It's like, there's no reference at all to any of that. Yes, the the goddess gives him the... Um, the various weapons, just like in the old DC comic series from the eighties and things, which she actually does give to Adam. So I thought that was a little bit strange that they just kind of abandoned the entire idea of this comic book in order to tell this silly story. But I, I really like the first four fifths of the story are fine. Like it's it. I loved all of the little nods to the various various versions, right? The the early mini comics, the early DC comics. I love all the nods and references to all that. Yeah, it's a little silly, but it like didn't go too far until at the very end when Skelter starts blowing up all the different vehicles, and then they decide to go play Nintendo or whatever. It's the ending was just so over the top, so jump, jumping the shark, and so removed. Kind of like uh, John, what you were saying about the uh, artwork, so removed from anything that I enjoy in Masters. Like it, it just it it destroyed that second story for me. I'm glad, Leanne, that you told us that it was kind of based on the Mad Magazine stuff. That mm-hmm. makes it make a lot more sense in my head. Just yeah, the that ridiculousness of it. <laughs> Actually, I mean, that line that you told us about, Katie, that mm-hmm. was like, I mean, I don't like that, but that's, I can understand at least that's what they're going for, you yeah. know, and with the style and all that. So I try to keep that in the back of my head. 
as I was reading, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I was curious what you thought, Leanne, of, well, it starts out in Avion and then Stratos is like, and I'm here with my feathers. Feathers. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I was just glad he was in it, to be honest. (laughs) So I'll take it, you know, but yeah, it did make me laugh when he said that. I thought him Skeletor blowing up all the vehicles was hysterical. (laughs) Yeah. I enjoyed that. Oh, I will say uh, Stratos did get more time in this little story than he did in Revelations. So at least. uh, (laughs) So that's something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I think the greatest crime of this one is maybe that it just goes on for too long. <laughs> I think if it had been like a two-page like little story at the end, um, it would have been just a bit like, oh, that was kind of fun. Um, I don't know whether it needed to be half the comic. <laughs> I feel yeah, like that actually maybe... made, it, made it better, right? Like just make it mm. a short little one-page thing or something. Yeah. Oh, and why did Tila have a unicorn charger? What is that? Did you have a unicorn in one of the old mini comics? I want to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is Charger I, I think... the name of the unicorn, or <laughs> those two words together the... don't make sense to me? The problem with it in general, I think, is like it is a more obscure Tila reference. Whereas I think for most of us, when we see a unicorn, we, we think Swiftwind, Shira, not really Tila. So, and I like I it. Tila you know, I like to keep one, Tila though. and Shira separate. Right. Yeah, Tila had one. I, I think, I think, Martin's right. It was an early mini comic, I think. And maybe one of the uh, storybooks from back in the day. I think she had one in one of those as well. I think you might be but, right. So it rang it, a bell. It was just like unicorn charge. Like, does she plug it in? I don't understand why, what charger means, but whatever. It's cool. Maybe it means charger, like it charges at things. Maybe. Or she has to charge it and the in the little unicorn horn glows. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love though when before he man turns into he man. Um, the guy's like, what are we, barbarians? <laughs> it's such a nod to like barbarian he man from the old mini comics. That made me laugh. I thought I the gags the... in this were good. They were well-judged gags, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard to sustain the entire story on <laughs> on those gags, perhaps. The... When, um... the... Go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, the funniest line in that one, at least to me, was the... When... Uh, who is it that... It... I forget who it is that asks him, but anyway, somebody asks him what his name is, and... He's like, oh, yeah, they just point and grunt and say, he, man. <laughs> and yes. that was actually genuinely funny, whereas most of the rest of the humor in it was slapstick or stupid to me. So I didn't, you know, I, most of the humor did not appeal to me. What I found confusing, and maybe someone can explain this, um, and I just pulled up so I could look at it. Um, it when this story starts off, and 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 Skeletor gets both halves of the sword, and he's, you know, to open Grayskull. In one of the panels, it's like the, it's the second panel, Beast Man I'm gonna pull it up. Is, is carrying He-Man off, like he was already in the battle. Um, you know, and then the goddess appears, and she explains that, you know, she needs to find a worthy champion. 
Oh, yeah. so it's a different oh. barbarian, I guess. Like, yeah, so who, tried giving the he, power to somebody else, and it didn't work out. So then she went to go find. Yeah, like is that what it is? Like that's not actually our, you know? Yeah, Adam, it must be. Like it's some other person she gave stuff to, and it was like, oh, this guy's not working out because Skeletor got yeah. the sword. I don't think that was clearly explained, and that I got real confused because it's not a flashback when mm-hmm. when she gives barbarian guy the stuff because she, she clearly says i need to find a worthy champion um so yeah i get maybe he should have looked different maybe they could have made him look a bit more like conan like if he looked a bit more like conan the barbarian that would have been a that good would have been cool visual gag yep yeah yeah that was a good catch i did not even notice that <laughs> I'm sure someone can explain the reasoning, and but if I'm casual comic reader, uh, cannot understand what they're talking about, then I don't think that it was clearly, <laughs> yeah, clearly defined in the artwork there or or the story. But that would be my my minor complaint, other than the big complaint, which is the ending. Is I do feel like they could have accomplished the same goal with a you know lighthearted, humorous, you know, contrast to the first story without taking it as far as they did yeah i'm still laughing at all the food with hair on it i know i was just looking at that again too oh my gosh That's my favorite part. so good is this shaggy beast from anything or is that just a silly made-up thing yeah i was looking at that too i wasn't sure if it was a take on something maybe from filmation that I'm just not remembering because it doesn't look exactly like anything I remember. Yeah. But you know, at this point, we've had so many. We got all these comic books, mini comic books, filmation, Mike Young, New Adventures, so many things to draw from. I don't, I don't, I don't blame any of us if we don't specifically remember some, you know, one-off beast character. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was just like, but someone else will tell you you're not a true fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not you heaven forbid you must remember something <laughs> I mean, okay so heroic battle stilts that was new correct no that's from the original toy line are you serious yeah, I thought they was, just made that yeah. up because it's so ridiculous no that's from a, a late like almost when the line was dead I think uh, the stilt stalkers yeah oh, I, I did not have them as a child I remember seeing them I literally legit remember seeing them in the toy store and thinking why would I buy this with my money <laughs> that my mommy just gave me to purchase something with most impractical vehicle ever designed <laughs> man arms just phoning yeah. it in at that point <laughs> yeah so he just um uh, I think that's why it worked well on the gag because that was like the last thing she had left to give him um that it was like a toy that basically none of us wanted even in the 80s <laughs> doesn't he just fall over as soon as he gets on them he's like whoa and he just like falls flat yeah. on his face <laughs> yeah she says oh the stilt thing didn't work yeah but it was stilts with guns on them <laughs> yeah and then at the end of that one, it looks like she's making Tila the new hero. Yeah, oh, that yeah. confused me too. Because you know, I do not subscribe to anything where Tila gets 
the power. Rude. And You're sexist, John. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Adora is the one who gets the power, and I don't like us bestowing a, a sword upon Tila. That was also something that just personally rubbed me the wrong way. I think there's a lot of cool things you could do as, as Tila, and to be honest with you, in this has nothing to do with the comic book, she but I just thought of it. She often a sword in Filmation. Yeah, but not like a specific not, sword, just a sword. Yeah, like use sword. But they make a big deal. Like she's giving her this sword, and it's all like magical stuff around it. In this, mm. um, what I would like is, you know, the original Tila action figure had the snake armor and the staff. When she becomes the sorceress, like in Revelation, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that yet, but it's been on Netflix forever, <laughs> um, you know, she becomes the new sorceress, which I'm totally cool with because she's supposed to become the new sorceress. I had no problem with that aspect of the story, but I thought it would have been cooler if she would have like not looked like her mother sorceress. They could have used like snake armor. Maybe she she has that when she's in the human form or something when she leaves Castle Grayskull and doesn't have magic. When she enters back into the castle, they could have had her turn green uh, and everything. I don't know if they think it's too much like snakes, you know, like a snake reference, like King Hiss and stuff, but that would have been cool they could have done something like that like giving her that armor or something would have been nice in the panel not just a, a sword because it's just for me it, the unicorn was in this the sword too identifiable with shira um who is the co-lead of masters of the universe not <laughs> not change my mind <laughs> you would think so just after sorceress showing zodak that world that so I could be like, oh, okay, your Adam is fine. Yeah, your Adam is fine. <laughs> right. And like, so and I, you know, I've three different heroes in the span of a day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She could have been like, look, it could be worse. You've got the horror guy. You've got this this dude who doesn't know what he's doing. Hasn't even got any powers. <laughs> and he just goes, okay, fine, I'll go. <laughs> Maybe well, overall, though, I think later on, who knows? Overall, I'd say we had a very positive um, reaction to this. Yeah. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. I have a question for you guys. These two stories, like I said at the beginning, were not part of any recognizable incarnations. They just kind of drew from random ones and built new universes do you think all of the stories we're going to get in this masterverse series will do that or do you think we will get at least a story or two set in an incarnation that is obviously recognizable as you know filmation or mike young or new adventures or whatever it is um, i'm gonna drop can i drop some spoilers <laughs> yeah. because yeah um, spoilers I've I've seen some of the they just revealed like the cover for issue four the other day. And I think we've had definitely confirmed that the the CG universe from Netflix is getting a, a story. And I think I saw Tim Seeley say um on a, in a tweet the other day that he was doing a, a 2002 um like Mike Young cartoon follow-up story as well. That would be um, awesome. Oh, that's interesting. 
So I know Josh at least like that. in those two, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's cool. I think yeah. he said, this might have been in the interview you sent, Katie, mm -hmm. um, with Tim Seeley. Uh, I think he said the only thing he wasn't able to use was the Netflix She-Ra. Oh. I think Which they let sense. him use everything else. Huh. Once so. again, you know. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> I know, I know. That's got such a massive audience as well, like yeah. a really sort of devoted fan base. You'd think they'd want to capitalize on that. Yeah, they could do some really cool things with it too. Mm. It still trends sometimes on Twitter. I get, you know, people will message me that the the Netflix Shira cartoon or Catra uh, is, and Catra from that incarnation, not like Filmation Catra, are trending on, on Twitter. So like it does have a very uh, a dedicated fan base that unfortunately, Fortunately, I feel is is removed from regular Masters of the Universe bulk mm -hmm. fan fan base, which mm -hmm. is sad because uh, in an, and I, you know we know why. Like there are multiple issues with why A will have problem with B, who will have problem with C. Um, but we all liked you know the the Shira cartoon uh, a lot. Uh, so it would have been nice if they could have kind of uh, you know slid that um, in there. But that's sad. But at least he had access to everything else. Obviously, the filmation. So, he, but wait, he didn't say uh, Netflix Shira, but he didn't say he didn't have filmation Shira. So maybe she and she appeared in the other He-Man comic book releases. So maybe mm -hmm. we will get some a Shira-centered story in it. Should be nice. They also, I mean, as far as the Masterverse toy line, right? Shira has been incorporated into that, so yeah, uh, that probably gives them an in as well. I wonder I just if want my new adventures content. <laughs> Don't ask for much. I ask for a new new adventures story every decade. <laughs> so, well, New Adventures He-Man Masterverse Edition has started showing up in US Targets. I've had it pre-ordered at Target for I don't know a year or something, and mine has not shipped, but it's 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 showing up in physical stores uh, as of last week. So I keep checking my local Target to see. Uh, if he pops up there and I'll just cancel my pre-order because I think that figure looks fantastic. Um, so I will get it and open it. Unlike many of my other Masterverse stuff that's just sitting in a box. You're going to do one massive unboxing video. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of a good a good segue. So we, as we said, we are, we definitely podcast every year. It's just how many times that is the mystery. Um, so we haven't podcasted in quite some time. So is everyone, what are you buying? What What are you getting at the store? What What are you not buying anymore? Personally, myself, I'm basically buying everything Masters Universe Origins. Um, I usually pre-order it online. Uh, if I find it in the store, I grab it quickly. Unfortunately, my, my Targets, my Walmarts, they all have kind of the same stock they've had for months and months lots of stridors rotons uh sorceress leech snout spout those type of toys uh for origins um i buy mostly every masterverse thing as well so i'm purchasing all of those again have to get most of them online because the stock in the stores is a lot of the same stuff i see too bad um that revelation skeletor thing um uh andrea from Revelation. Um, and then recently, my targets just got Roboto and Frosta. So that was a shock when I was like, whoa, there's a ton of Frostas. Uh, 
uh, in Target. Um, and then, like, I'll see a random uh, Dolph Lundgren, uh, He-Man, that that type of thing as well. So Skeletor seemed to be selling. I haven't seen him physically in, in Target yet. I, I keep wanting to buy Origin stuff, but you, they're not in the UK anymore, <laughs> like, at uh, all. Um, I think if you if you pre-order them from like specialist websites, um, you can get them. But even then, it's like considerably higher price and limited quantity. So after like the ones that you've just described, like I I stopped around the time of um like the leech snap, snap spout wave because I just couldn't find them anywhere, and they go oh, for like a okay. hundred pounds on ebay now like insane prices um and i've not been able to find them which is a shame because i really liked the origins line so if i can find them i i do buy them but it's just a struggle now um and i did buy i don't collect a huge amount of the masterverse stuff but i did buy the movie skeletor the other day um because I actually found him, <laughs> and I was like, "Quick, I've got to get it before it goes." Um, and he was well worth, well worth the money. I had him next to me earlier, and I have foolishly moved him away, or I would have held him up. Um, <laughs> but he was a great figure, like a, a really amazing likeness. Um, he's got like some purple highlights on his armor, rather than how he looked in the movie. And I don't know if that's just a rights issue. Um, like they had to differentiate it from the movie sufficiently that they didn't cross any copyright stuff. I have no idea why they chose that color, but it still looks good. Um, hmm. He looks great, yeah. And the, the Dolph Lundgren He-Man heads does not look great, so I haven't bought that one. <laughs> um, very, very dodgy head sculpt, which ruins an otherwise um, great figure. Grotesque is how I described it earlier. <laughs> um, and I'll do it again. Grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were talking earlier, and I'm buying that. I'm buying a different head for that one. Mine is sitting in my pile of loot, uh, not sponsored. Big Bad Toy Store always comes through, usually with my pre-orders. But I'm one of those lazy fans that I wait until the last minute to ship all of my stuff that has come in. Um, so, you know, it, it sits there for like, I don't know, 90-some days, and then I ship it. Uh, but I do finally have those those movie figures, and I really need to open them um, and and order a different head for Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Josh, I cut you off. You started. Yeah, talking. that's fine. I uh, I've been collecting all the origins and uh, Masterverse stuff as well. Uh, I have had a lot going on recently, so I have not opened everything yet. But I'm working my way uh, through that. I will say uh, one thing that was a nice surprise. So. I also order most of my stuff online, which has made uh, oftentimes getting like the in-store exclusive type stuff, the Target Walmart exclusives, a little bit difficult. I had missed out on uh, like two years ago on the uh, flocked Panther. And uh, interesting thing. So mostly I have various family members who are willing to do it. Uh, you know, keep an eye out whenever they're in Walmart or Target uh, for whatever it is, the things that I need to get that way or whatever, if I haven't been able to get them online for a reasonable price or whatever. And, um, but most of them are in California. Uh, my, my sister and my mom, my brother-in-law 
they uh, are out there. Where they live, the the master stuff at Target and Walmart basically sells out the second it's on the shelves. So it's, so it's kind of the opposite problem that Shadow's having. They'll go in there, and if they catch it, there's stuff on the shelves. And if not, it's just empty shelves. And um, for whatever reason, it's going really quickly. So they, they hadn't had a lot of luck. They had a little bit of luck. But uh, right before Christmas... Uh, they were uh, in uh, my my mom and sister were together, and they went into Walmart, and the master section was mostly empty, except for apparently somebody must have found in the back room or whatever uh, the the flocked panther. The box was a mess; it was covered in dust. Um, it was not in good shape at all, but somebody had dragged it out of the back and put it out there. And so I got pa flocked Panthor for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> so nice. Years later. Um, and I, they had remembered that that was one of the ones I never was able to get. And, uh, and now I have that one. So that was great. And, uh, still working my way through, uh, building the various mega block sets, which are, hands down my favorite uh master universe toy line at this moment in time uh i'm almost halfway done building snake mountain uh i still have hordak versus shira with the monstroid yet to build and the havoc staff uh as well and i think i might have one other one over there that i'm forgetting right now but, oh the jet sled um love love those i really hope those continue but we haven't gotten any announcements for a while so uh i don't know if we're getting any more of those i really hope we are uh, because uh, that has just been the most fun uh i've had collecting uh masters toys in probably since mike young <laughs> so <laughs> i love 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 uh the mega blocks I I think there is some there's like a new uh, some new figure packs out like possibly just this month which I don't know if you've I pre-ordered one on Amazon that says it's shipping in April that's the one with Orco oh, in it okay. is that the one you're that's thinking that's the of? one yeah 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 my uh, Amazon pre-order says ships in, in April so uh, it's coming soon um, so I know that's coming but beyond that we haven't had any other announcements so I really hope we are getting some more sets. Me too, because I, I took time off work to do my Snake Mountain. I was so dedicated <laughs> to, <laughs> to getting it finished. I was like, oh, well, I, I happened to be off work anyway, but I used all of my days off like on one of the weeks to like <laughs> full-time construct a Snake Mountain. And it was like very satisfying when it's done. Yeah, I'm almost done with the first half. I've got the, the archway at the top of the first half uh, and the snake that wraps around it. Uh, is what I've got left, and then uh, I'll be starting the second half um, after that. And it's just been, uh, it's just been so much fun, so much. Fun. Mm -hmm. It's huge, absolutely. It is huge, a huge undertaking. <laughs> Every really time is. I think, like, oh, this is the top. Nope, there's another level we have to build. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I haven't been collecting anything for myself, but my youngest nephew freaking loves He-Man. I just somehow hit the jackpot with this kid as far as He-Man goes. Because um, all I got him, I think to begin with, was when Origins first came out, I got He-Man and Skeletor. I gave him He-Man, gave Skeletor to his brother. 
And he like started devouring that little mini comic that came with it. He would just read it over and over and over and would just stare at the artwork. Like we'd be sitting like about to eat a meal and he just is, he had to like tell him to put it away because he was, he just did not want to stop looking at it. Um, so I just started getting him little things here and there and he just loves it. And it doesn't even matter what iteration of He-Man it is, but he seems to really be drawn to the CGI He-Man the most. Um, but he, he'll enjoy anything I get him. So I've been getting him all of the books that have been coming out for the CGI He-Man series. Um, he hasn't read the two longest ones yet. They were kind of little novellas. Um, he's only eight, so that would take him a while to get through. But he pounds through all the other books I get him. I even gave him little golden books of He-Man, Skeletor, and She-Ra. He thought those were great. He just the illustrations and everything are fantastic. Um, so I haven't really gotten many toys, but he really, he and his brother both are just big book readers. So that appeals to him more anyway. So I've been, yeah, really enjoying, like last time we were visiting with them, I got to like read him He-Man stories every night before bed. And I was just like, oh my God, my heart's exploding. And then for his birthday, he wanted a He-Man costume. So of course I got him a He-Man costume and he Oh my God, he was so cute wearing that thing around the house. Um, I have pictures I can share with y'all later. He is He-Man, his brother is Harry Potter, battling it out. It was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm kind of living vicariously through him right now. I just got the new uh, CGI art book that's so massive. I haven't even taken the plastic wrap off of it yet. So I'm like, I don't have time to look at that at the moment. But I look forward to looking through that with him. Um, and there was another CGI, I think it was just like an activity book that was supposed to come out recently. And then like the, the release date came and went and my Amazon order just, or pre-order just got canceled. So I don't know if they just didn't end up making it in the end. I don't know. I hope that that's, that series isn't done as far as books go, because my nephew's going to be really sad if it is. <laughs> But yeah, I do want to get him some Mega Blocks one of these days. I think he would enjoy that. You just uh, reminded me too that I was just going to also toss out there that I got four of the CGI show figures. I did not enjoy the CGI show, <laughs> as this podcast has documented, uh, particularly <laughs> season two. Um, however, uh, I'll say with the figures, really don't like most of the figures. I really don't like the design of He-Man and Skeletor. Uh, Trapjaw is okay, I guess, but kind of ridiculous. The only one that I kind of like was the Sorcerer slash Tila. Um, it was, that was, that's a reasonable design, uh, to me. And I do kind of like that figure. I'm not really sure what to do with it because I don't like any of the other ones. So none of them are going on display right now, but, um, the, uh, the CGI figures though did seem like absurdly cheap to me. I hate the big plug on the power sword that you stick in the back of, uh, in, in He-Man's back for him to hold the the sword it's very strangely designed figures and i i don't care i don't care for the designs i don't care for the way the figures are put together and you know if kids are enjoying them that's great um but i was hoping that i would at least enjoy the designs more than i did and i was again disappointed <laughs> by that Aww. by that whole um era and to each their own not knocking anybody that enjoys the the show or the toys 
Uh, but boy, they're not. They're not for me. <laughs> um, as for me, I haven't. I'm really picky about which figures I buy nowadays. Um, I did get the Stratos uh, Masterverse figure. I think he's he's okay, but I think he's like really bulky for some reason. I think that's my main issue with him. Um, but I took off like some of the like the, he has a bunch of accessories, and I took a lot of those off. Um, so I mean, he's a decent figure. Um, Rod told me to just think of him as like an alternate universe Stratos, so that's what I'm going to do. So, um, but he's going to go on my Stratos shelf, you know, obviously. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do really want to get the CGI He-Man and Skeletor figures, the Masterverse ones, because I think they look really nice. Mm. Um, I just haven't had a chance yet. Um, but I mean, I have friends that send me pictures. Um, shout out to Paul Stricker. He always Amen. sends me pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I, I live vicariously through him. Um, he always shows me pictures of new stuff, you know, he gets in and the, and all, the figures for the most part look really nice, you know, in hand. So, um, I mean, other than He-Man like stuff, better, the Masterverse versions of the CGI, He-Man, it's good. I did order them. Do you think I might get more out of those? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. They look really nice. I mean, in terms of uh, the details, and um, I don't think they look quite as cheap as, like, the, <laughs> okay, yeah. you know, the, the regular ones, uh, which is why I want them, because they, you know, they seem like very well-designed figures. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll be curious when I open them, if they're already here. I don't know. I've got a bunch of stuff I need to get through, so... Yeah, um, so other than that, I just collect, like, Power Ranger figures, mainly. I, and I'm picky about those, too. So that's about it for me. <laughs> hey, same. I've cut back on Lightning. I'm only buying, you know, teams and characters I really like because... Yep, same. I don't, I don't think some of the teams will ever be um, uh, completed anyway. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm kind of scaling back on the, on those. More all yeah. just all of master stuff is takes up the pocketbook, you know. Yeah, but, I um, will be getting whenever they release Cosmic Fury figures. I will have to get those. Oh, obviously. But I mean, that's that's <laughs> bias. So <laughs> we we expect no less. You must. <laughs> yes. I get the villains of the Lightning Collection. That's my only Power Rangers. Oh, nice. Oh, good. Hmm. It is. I don't nice care about because, the Rangers. You know, we didn't get <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I like the I like the Rangers because they have the actor heads, um, yeah. and their heads are pretty good. Like, unlike the Mattel Dolph Lundgren head, I do feel that a lot of times, not all of them, but maybe like uh, seven out of ten, usually the Hasbro does pretty well with the Power Ranger actor like likeness. Um, I've been pretty happy uh, with those on on display. But it's nice that yeah, they, they do a lot of the villains. Yeah. Yes, my, and my astronomer um, figures look like uh, Melody Perkins, yes. so that's that's okay by me. That's all I yeah, need from I, the line. I think <laughs> I have two. I have two astronomers. I think because they came out with like two packs or something. Like, and I was like, well, yeah. of course I got to get them. Um, I also pre-ordered the the Billy remastered figure. Because it's going to come with, because it's for the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers, and it's going to come mm -hmm. with a new Billy head with removable glasses. 
So I need to put that oh, head okay. on my on my Gold Ranger, my Zeo Gold Ranger, because Billy <laughs> should have been the Gold Ranger, <laughs> as we know. But um, but yeah, but the likenesses yeah have gotten I think even better since they first started. Mm -hmm. So that's always nice. I think we're done. So we have to thank everyone who still subscribes uh, to the podcast. Uh, this is always an audio podcast. It it's our first love. We've been uh, broadcasting, for lack of a better term, like we said, since 2005. Uh, so you can find us on all of your popular uh, podcast apps if for some reason you aren't subscribed there. Uh, but most likely you are. And that's where you're listening to this and not watching it on YouTube. But in case you want to see our lovely faces, if the video actually worked out for us, uh, it will be on our YouTube channel uh, at youtube.com slash at MastersCast or just search for MastersCast on YouTube. And uh, if you liked our video on YouTube, we would be really appreciative if you would just uh, hit the subscribe button um, and like the video. Apparently that like helps your channel. I don't know. That's what all the other YouTubers say uh, normally at the end of their videos. So I figured I should uh, state that here. Um, Tell them to but, smash uh, it, John. Smash the like button. Right? Smash that like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> That's what they've got to do. Ring the bell. I still don't know what the bell does. I feel bad. I don't usually ring the bell on anyone. I subscribe. So to the a, bell notifies you if somebody has put up a new video. It notifies oh. you. Oh, then definitely hit that bell because, like, who knows when we're gonna post another video? <laughs> so, so you need to be notified of that. Um, but I, I love YouTube. I love it as a platform. I feel I watch way more YouTubers on YouTube. I subscribe to more YouTubers on YouTube than I actually watch streaming or or broadcast shows uh, these days. So I, I watch a lot of YouTube. So I think it's a really nice platform for people. So I figured we would try recording the podcast as a video and uh, see how that went. Uh, no promises, though, <laughs> if it actually worked. We'll see. Uh, but thanks for downloading or thanks for watching. Uh, I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. And I apologize, it's the sun has set in the last half an hour. <laughs> And my video quality has worsened considerably because <laughs> this is the only light source that I have in front of me. <laughs> it makes you look more mysterious and, you know, yeah. Um, I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Mecca. I'm Justin Lancourt, also known as Lancourt. Good, Good journey. Well, I feel that was really hard to sync over video. I'll just make it funny. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. At least we said it. <laughs>